and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Today we have Hannah Burner from Bravo TV's Summer House. I'm very excited. Hannah is a, a new Bravo celebrity. She's on Summer House, the, a show that documents a bunch of people working their butts off in New York and drinking their faces off in the Hamptons. I love it. You're going to love it. She also does stand-up. We figure out what it was like going to the first Bravo Con. We hear a lot of the behind-the-scenes of making a reality television show, all the juicy details that I'm fascinated in, like how many times the sound guy heard her take a shit. It's very very, very interesting content. Enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Hannah Burner. <laughs> Hannah, this is very exciting. Um, I just watched the newest episode this morning. I I love Summer House. You do? I do. It's just like bougie frat parties every weekend <laughs> because I lived in New York and I've never experienced that world of going out to the Hamptons on yeah. the weekends. You're like, I feel like I'd hate those people. And then you watch it to confirm you would hate those people. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. But also, like, it seems it seems fun. And as someone that was in the city and got very uh, panicky and anxiety-ridden about how claustrophobic it is, like, yeah. I get the idea of, like, wanting to get out on the weekends yes. and go to a place that has space. You'll go nuts if you're just in the concrete jungle all the mm-hmm. time. There's something about the air the second you get out there. But I think New Yorkers are such extremists. Like we yeah. work our asses off during the week. Yeah. And then it's like you party so hard. And it's like, we need a little LA in us where it's like, do we have plans? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, like, the most yeah. LA shit happened to me. And um, I was in an elevator. And I was talking to my friend. There was like seven of us. Uh-huh. And a minute goes by and we don't move. And someone's like, did anyone hit? Lobby. Yeah. And I'm like, is everyone high? Yeah. I and mean, chill. Yeah. In New York, people would have like been like, why the fuck isn't this thing moving? Oh, someone would have stomped on the <laughs> elevator floor until it moved down to the lobby. Like people don't give a shit in New York. No, yeah. People will bust your balls for anything. But yeah. here we all just kind of giggled and I was like, see, that was a nice exchange. Yeah. No this didn't had, ruin you anyone's didn't have to day. Attack my character during <laughs> yeah. it. I wasn't torn down for making a mistake. <laughs> Um, okay, let's talk Summer House. How do yes. you explain the show to someone like an alien that has no idea this fabulous Bravo reality programming? Well, I've loved Bravo from the beginning. I think Bravo is incredible at creating reality shows. They are. I think they're great. This show in particular is about that New York lifestyle of being having a job in the city, but when it's summertime, you try to escape and go out to Long Island, which is like this island that comes out of Manhattan yeah. and Queens. Yeah. <laughs> and you get a share house because it's so expensive to be out there. So you get a bunch of your friends and you rent a house. Right. And you fuck and you fight and you do whatever you want on the weekends, <laughs> <Yeah>. basically. <laughs> you get it all out on the weekends. Sexually, like, emotionally. Right. It's a very sexy fight club on the weekends. <laughs> and then everyone goes back to New York and they take it all out at their desks. I joke that I was joking with Paige, who's like my closest friend on the show. Yeah. That it's become just like a drunk psych ward on the weekends where like we take all our shit from the week and then take it out on each other yeah it does feel like that so you came in this show had already existed and you came in last season of the show so it had two seasons and I came in on three okay and so did you know all of the for lack of a better word cast members Mm -hmm. because that's what you guys are yeah before you got onto the show great question so I feel like our show is not, it has hidden cameras and stuff, but it's not like real world where let's put a bunch of people and see how they work. It's about watching a friend group. And that's really the best drama when people like really care about each other and there's stuff on the line. So they were doing a big recasting Mm -hmm. after the second season. Yeah. And they were looking for people who were like, um, what's the word? Like not... Like really close, but like people knew of me. Like people that were on, on the fringe. Sorry, that was a really hard it, word for me. <laughs> peripheral. I was like, oh. <laughs> You're like on the fringe of the friendship yes. group. Okay. So I was actually doing media working for Betches. Mm-hmm. I was like producing videos, writing memes for them. And I was interviewing some reality TV people and I interviewed right. Summer House and I was like shitting on them for being on reality TV. <laughs> uh-huh. And they, we're in the city. So because we do media stuff, we'd see right. other Bravo people. And I guess they're recasting and my name was thrown out there. Like Hannah's outgoing and right. single. <laughs> she's desperate. She, and she's, she's, she's she'll a little, make bad decisions. Yeah, she's horny <laughs> and she knows how to be on camera. So exactly. let's get her. <laughs> she doesn't think before she speaks yeah, or has yeah. sex with people. So, yeah. <laughs> or sticks her tongue in people's mouths. But I remember in casting, I was like, look, 
I'm actually not that great at drinking. I mm-hmm. don't really want to be your hot mess. Right. Like, I, I was very scared of, like, the Jersey Shore-esque-ness. But even, like, that's what's fascinating to me is that, like, I've grown up to watching Real World, World Rules, Jersey Shore, all these shows that you start when you're, like, a, a perceptive person to understand the dynamics of how reality TV works. You mm-hmm. understand the producing elements of it, and you start to meet the people that do it, so you understand, like, the characterizing of different types of people so but you have all this in your like wheelhouse before going in so you those shows walked so we could run right yeah (laughs) but it must feel like you you have the tool set to understand like how they could portray you yeah and I also was coming from video production like I was writing little comedy videos Mm -hmm. and so I kind of I it was also like my biggest thing that hurts me in life is perfectionism Mm. which I'm like gotten really good at because I've been conscious of it right as in like I mean you know when you're creating content you have to just put shit out there yeah you could be editing 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 editing. oh my god especially with yourself you're like oh why does that laugh sound like that is that human so (laughs) (laughs) you just have to kind of let stuff go but I basically was like look if you want to show that women could be like funny and like strong Mm -hmm. and athletic and let me open up about like my anxieties or mm-hmm. depression or I think ultimately they just want people who will make mistakes and they're like yeah. I'll make mistakes but just not I just don't want to be like the hot drunk girl right and then everyone now is like oh my god you're like the relatable one and I'm like do you guys think I'm ugly is that <laughs> yeah. is that what's happening I'm like I just want to be the hot one people be like oh you're so funny on the show I'm like but am I hot <laughs> but I do think so many people go on tv to be like super aspirational like I'm on television mm-hmm. and it's like you have to be self-aware. People are laughing yeah. at you a lot of the time yeah. or relating to you. Right. And I wanted to show that like I could be a mess and there were things that I struggled with and like people can go on that journey with me. And I think that was what kind of ins- it helped me find myself. Like I really yeah. matured from the show. Yeah. What was it like? Because you're going and you've seen the show before, yeah. I assume, right? I wasn't like a watcher of it, to uh-huh. be honest. But then once I was in casting, I needed to do my research. Sure. And I'd known of the show. So you you do some research, you go on, you have your experience. Yeah. And in your mind, you have your experience. Mm-hmm. But then it's left to these editors that now, you know, craft your experience for you Mm -hmm. and so what's watching that first season that you're on like what's crazy is people are always like is it real is it real and I think it's in editing that they just tell their the story yeah so if you're at a party like they could have shown like you know someone being jealous of me because I'm talking to someone Mm -hmm. and I'm sad about an ex but also on the other side of the room like Paige is flirting with Carl and Carl so you don't know what they're ultimately gonna use right so that's why the show is so I love like mind games. <laughs> I really think it's like a fucked up game of drunk chess. It is with hot people. <laughs> well, that's what it. That's why I watch all these shows because yeah. it really is like you put a bunch of drunk pinballs in a pinball machine and you watch them just like bounce off each <laughs> with other. Personality disorders, <laughs> right? And it's it's fascinating. And the camera glorifies all those things. But my biggest issue was that I hate confrontation more than anyone. Mm. And that's why I thought I might be bad for the show. Yeah. But it actually like made me good because that was such an issue for me. Mm. And you see, like I was so scared to confront some people in certain scenes in the third season. Like I'd be whispering like, I didn't like how you spoke to me. <laughs> and in this, unlike other shows where Vanderpump, you could like blow up on someone be like, fuck yeah. you and go to your apartment. Yeah. I'm stuck in a house with them for uh, three days. Yeah. So you don't really, you can't be like, fuck you and walk out. Right, right, You just right. walk into their room. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So it put me in social situations I'd never have to be in in real life. Like mm. I would never confront some people. I would just talk shit about them to my friends like a normal human being. <laughs> yeah. And just never talk to them again. That's what you do away. when you don't like someone. <laughs> yeah. But this like I I mean I think Lindsay actually taught me a lot because Lindsay's one of those people that gets stronger with you with confrontation. Yeah. Because she has like kind of trust issues yeah. which makes sense. But <laughs> For her to like you, you have to go through shit with her. Yeah, it seems like she's got a little bit of a, you have to prove yourself. Yeah, and at first I was like, why are, you, why are we fighting? Can we not? This isn't good. <laughs> and then I realized she respected me more when I'd be like, no. <laughs> so I become a monster from the show. So That's good. That's how friendships <laughs> form. You're forced to do with situations that you would never do. So it forces you to mature. Yeah. And um, I think I've really grown from the show, which sounds so corny, but I have. But if that's the case, that's the case. I also think it's fascinating because it is one of those shows like now I'm obsessed with like the circle and you know love is blind mm-hmm. and all these shows that have the they've taken out 
the producers and camera people in the room with you so much. Like they have the cameras in the walls. So you're really getting more, I think, candid moments than you would get. A thousand percent. And you guys have a mix. It seems like you have people following around with the camera, obviously, but then you have all of like the GoPros, I assume, like in every corner of the house. At the, at night, like the cameramen leave, they have to sleep. Right. And you sense like a kind of wildness that happens and we're all so hammered. Yeah, you guys do some weird tribal dance like <laughs> every the end of every night I'm like this is I think more of a cult house than a summer house because at the end of every night we sacrifice just like, someone yeah there's just always <laughs> whoever a, Carl's dating at the time we sacrifice it's always this like four screen montage of groups of you throughout different areas of the house doing some sort of circular like spinning dance in a circle or one's dragging one of you into a circle it's a little sacrificial looking <laughs> and I feel like yeah you can tell the cameramen have gone to bed <laughs> You're like, the person you set on fire on a steak outside also gives it away. Yeah, yeah. but they don't uh, spend much time with no. it. They just put it in the montage yeah. and keep going. They're like, is that girl okay? And we're yeah. like, the last one was worse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so is, happy you like the show, though. Oh, it's so fun. I also feel like uh, that there's a sense that you and Paige have a a sense of you know how the show works mm. so you're not coming in, you're coming in not jaded but you're coming in kind of like uh like more in control mm. a little bit as much as you can be for whatever it's worth yeah. on a show like that because everyone else is puppeteering everything you know yeah. but it feels like you guys know what you represent on the show and you don't get into as messy of situations because you're like more, I think, aware of that. It's like for me, it's an adventure Mm -hmm. and it's just like a fun experience that challenges me. And I do, I do try to, honestly, I try to be my funny, silly self. And I think for my first season, you didn't see it that much. Like people, I don't shut the fuck up. But like (laughs) in a dinner, like what I was saying, making fun of the sushi was not important to the (laughs) storyline. But I think there's some cast members that have gotten mad being like, Hannah, why are you being so silly? Like you have to be serious. Not to give it away with my voice that I just did. But it's like, that is A, that's me. But B, like you're, let's say someone's, Kyle selling lover boy like I'm kind of promoting my personality on the show like that's kind of my brand yeah and that's how I am like I'm either on or I'm off and during those three days you got to show up and be on yeah and um but I do also find like you have to get involved in the mess sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just you have to stay authentic to how you would react to it not what you think America wants right because America is very smart and can sense in authenticity yeah like the camera magnifies it yeah I found it's it's better just to do you and then own your shit if you fuck up mm-hmm. than try to like walk on eggshells and make everyone be happy, which I think yeah. is life in general. Yeah, I was going to ask what was, uh, what did you notice as feedback after the first season? Like, were you overwhelmed with how like well people were receiving you? Were you kind of like nervous about that it was all on display? The only thing that pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> were you pissed well, off about? That pissed me off. I'm like, well, I was fuming. Um, I wanted to talk about my tennis because my whole life I was like the tennis player. Right, yeah. And I wanted to show like while people were looking up to me as this like aspirational tennis player, I was dealing with so much performance, anxiety, mm. depression. I, I feel like so many athletes don't get to stop and think about their mental health. Yeah. And I got so many great messages that were like, I was a soccer player and that happened to me. It was oh, just, cool. it was nice like that. But bravo. <laughs> they had me do one interview that was like, say what happened in your tennis career. Right. And then they had a couple photos of me. And then each episode to remind everyone, they would replay me talking about it and the like mini montage, like 30 for 30, my tennis. And people on Twitter started to like have enough. They were like, if this girl talks about tennis one more time. And then I started getting messages like, do you play tennis? Oh, do you play tennis? And it became this like thing that I was so like, this is not what I meant from all this. Yeah, you're like, I'm not. And then whenever I hit, the people would be like, Hannah playing tennis again. And part of me was like, if I was a dude who used to play professional basketball, would people be like, Steve talking about basketball again? What a loser. So that was my most annoying part. (laughs) But that's good. I mean, if people are going to get upset at you for something or annoyed by you for something, for you going out and doing like health related things yeah. <laughs> I think is a pretty safe thing for them I, to be upset about. I realize about. I'm actually pretty good with dealing with hate online because it's I always say like if 
if people aren't hating on you, not enough people even like know who you are. Care. It's yeah. part of what happens when people know what right. you're doing in your life. And also like what kind of people are on Twitter like trying to make strangers feel bad? Like right. your own friends don't do that stuff. Right. And right, you only right. really care what your friends think. Right. And strangers. But like, <laughs> I'm like, just kidding. I'm really upset about it. Um, but I do think people were overall, I wasn't involved in as much drama last season. And people were just like, we love Hannah and Paige. We love mm-hmm. Hannah's personality. It was great. This season, I came in hotter. And that's when you get the, <laughs> Hannah's so annoying. Hannah's so immature. Oh, yeah. And it's like, whenever a girl is like a little goofy or a little bit too loud, she or becomes confident. Or confident. She becomes annoying. Yeah. And it's like, I hate that word because men are never called annoying. Mm-hmm. When men are, so fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. I'm just saying we're equal amounts annoying. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes people, it's a like masculine quality to be like the funny one or yeah. be the outgoing one or wanting to be a leader. Yeah. I'm dealing with these like, especially like older dudes, so it can be clashing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm never going to shut up. So Well, good for you. Thank you. It's also one of those things too when you, uh, the like the idea of reality television, I think prompts everyone to seek someone to be annoyed by or to hate (laughs) and so everyone has their like you know heat sensors on waiting to find some flaw in you that they can be like finally I can hate her great I've been looking yeah you're so right if you think about the flaw it's always shit they're projecting on you from their own experience it's only insecurity I definitely remind you of like your cousin that slept with your boyfriend don't take it out on me because like my voice sounds like her (laughs) right right or I'm not confident enough to go for a hot guy and you're going for it and so I now hate you because you're representing the things that I've there never done. There has been a little bit. I'm so on this season, I mm-hmm. there's this like hot model dude. Luke, we Luke, are, we've heard we he makes his own jewelry. <laughs> what can he, he do? He coaches a- little kids in hockey. <laughs> I, I think Luke, God bless him, he's probably very nice and genuine and Midwest good, but it's a little, is a lot on a lot. I'm like, well, that's like, I literally, I was just in a podcast and they were like, how are you not married to Luke? And I was like, <laughs> okay, there's so many issues with that question. <laughs> First of all, good looking guys are so crazy in the head. I mean, you live in LA, you must sure, yeah. understand. Society teaches us like Disney that princes are yeah. like the ones you need to go for. They are the narcissist, insecure <laughs> ones, the yeah. fucked up ones. They'll put you in therapy. Yeah. And like I've dated the, the I think hot men sometimes gravitate towards me because they could tell. It's like when you don't like cats and they keep coming up to yeah, you. Yeah, and they- like, I want an ugly hot dude. <laughs> and, and Armand was like this cool dude who I normally go for Luke types. And I was connecting with this guy emotionally. And I yeah. was like, Hannah, this is an epiphany. This is what you need for right. a happy relationship. But look, he um he's so good looking, I couldn't help it. Yeah. But I also think that with women, you have to understand that those looks fade. Yes. It's about, obviously, what really matters, which is how big his dick is. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> 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 <is> just nodding. <laughs> Didn't even react to that. She was like, uh-huh. preach. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I have a billion more questions. Um, we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Not- Okay, let's get back into it. Um, so this season, this episode will come out, I believe, and uh, the season will still be going on. Mm-hmm. Um, any hints, any, any things you can uh, tease at? I think this season you see people fight that you never thought would fight. Mm. Like It shows in the tra- trailer me and Paige have like Ooh. a huge... Me and Paige were like, if we're going to have a fight it needs to be the most epic like burn the house down fight did you pre-plan a fight oh god no you can't yeah i know i'm like this is what we decided it was the kind of thing where i was like we would never fight but if we did it would have to be it like be a very deep i'd have reason. to sleep with your fucking boyfriend yeah and um, like real and stakes have his, yeah. have his children <laughs> yeah and yeah. then raise them anyway so when we fight, we both like didn't expect it, and mm-hmm. it was a very so it's it was, real. It was very the most, real. yeah. And I think with a lot of people, that's what they ask: is it real? And it's like it is real, but it's also like 
you know when it's almost inception like there's a new reality in what it is yeah. like even our conversation right now like we're mm-hmm. kind of performing but there right. still is like we're still dealing oh, with you each guys, other yeah you guys are existing in the world that you all are on the conscious level exactly. knowing that you are you nailed it it's hard to explain but you well, nailed it that's why i'm fascinated because I also I watch every reality TV I love Married at First Sight too Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that show but I was just a little stoned with my boyfriend watching it (laughs) and I was like this isn't a high thought this is a genuine thought I'm more curious to be like a PA on that set because I want to see when cameras go down how they talk to each other Mm -hmm. differently than when the cameras are rolling Mm because you know you have your on-camera persona mm-hmm. i mean and then you guys have you know the the liquor that surges through that brings the veil off a little bit more mm-hmm. but i'm sure that you know the real fights that happen are ones because you forget that you're existing in this world yeah and it's also that it's impossible to keep that like on-camera persona yeah i think when i first started it i lasted like two days and then i was like this is exhausting it's and easier to just be myself yeah you just have to be i was literally trying to like nail every line i said and they were <laughs> like, like you're annoying s- stop looking down the lens of the camera <laughs> i would like look at the producers see if they laughed at me and they'd be like can you stop <laughs> doing that and, just, and also i always thought i was like i have to maybe because of my own issues with tennis like now we're getting deep. When I <laughs> when I would perform well, I'd get like positive affirmation. Right. When mm-hmm. I so like I was like that's what I, you're seeking. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like if I make people laugh, people will mm-hmm. like me. But then it's so weird how people will like you almost more when you're just being like boring when you're authentic and being authentic, which <laughs> yeah. is so fucking boring. But that's when people connect. <laughs> yeah. But I guess there's two sides. Like people can laugh at me, but I think they more enjoy how you make them feel when they feel connected to you. Oh yeah. I mean like you falling down drunk at like the 4th of July party that's shown for like three seconds. I'm like, I love this moment. This is perfect. I, I told my friend I could hold her for the keg stand. Yeah. I'm like, I'm really strong. And then she just falls. And I'm like, Oh God. And Luke is like, shaking his head and I'm like hey Uh, it blows my mind um (laughs) what's it like now being a bravo liberty is that how you say a bravo liberty it's wild because I'm like you yeah I love bravo um millionaire matchmaker was my favorite oh yeah yeah I when I was going through a depression, Vanderpump Rules got me out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like after work, you go home and you're just like, I need to lose myself in someone else's life. Yeah. It was just incredible. These are my friends now. Yeah, we. <laughs> I'm invested forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are family. And I, I think... I didn't expect to also not someone I didn't apply to any reality shows, never right. like apply for the bachelor. I didn't see that for myself. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of happened. And now I like... But I, I'm, I think I hate to do this to you, but I mm. am inspired by you. Oh. Like not to make you feel awkward, but Thanks. I remember like growing up on the subway, yeah. I saw your advertisement. Oh yeah, yeah. On the subway so weird. for yeah. YouTube, and I was like, "That's a badass bitch Aww. who's just creating content. She's not waiting for people." Mm. And I see my Bravo as just like a journey like I like being a Bravo mm-hmm. celebrity and making friends with other Bravo celebrities but yeah. I also see it as just a launching pad to give me exposure to create more of my own content well I mean it's it one it's working and oh, two like you. kudos to you because you can tell it's the kind of person you are I mean like you reached out to me last year and like you're hustling and being Thank like you. and I was like I admire this like energy around all of this because that's what you do have to do thank you and I appreciate your collaborative energy to yeah. be like Join the club. Get in here. I have some questions. (laughs) Get off the bench. It's your (laughs) time. Uh, But it's also, I think it's good too that you're like, you're leaning into it. Maybe that's not the right way. Like Mm -hmm. you're like saying yes to this is a world that you do exist in, not Mm -hmm. trying to like shy away from it. Because I I can imagine that doing the reality TV thing and then also trying to do like stand up and legit comedy that people probably try like shit on you a little bit from coming from that world. Especially New York. It's tough. Yeah. I was fortunate that I had, I dated a stand up comedian before I got into comedy. So you had that like legitimacy a little bit. I kind of knew the world. Like I, I knew a lot of the comedians and then mm-hmm. at Betches, I started like hiring these just like talented comedians with no following to like mm-hmm. be on these Betches videos. Yeah. So I started making like real friends and I, I realized now I was falling in love with comedy, not necessarily the guy, yeah. like, but I fell in love with it. And I finally was like, we broke up and I was like, if you're going to do stand up, you have to make sure mm-hmm. you want to do this. Cause this is like his world. Oh, and it yeah. would be like, it's a small tight knit community in mm-hmm. the city and in LA. Yeah. And finally, I started my podcast and I did a live show and my friend was like, do 10 minutes of comedy. I mean, tweeting is like 
yeah. tons of jokes. Writing I have so much material. Uh-huh. And you, with tweets, you either like make it like the button of the joke, the punchline, or just a bigger concept. Like I had all this stuff and I was like, fine. And I do 10 minutes of comedy and everyone after was like, that was the best part. Wow. And I was like, oh shit. Uh-oh. I literally was, I didn't, I was, you know when you suppress something so yeah. low? <laughs> yeah. It's probably, <laughs> yeah, like I needed to like out myself. As yeah. Like, the hardest part of being a stand-up is saying that you want to be a stand-up. Right. Because you already have the innate uh, crush your dreams, hate yourself, yeah. self-sabotage <laughs> in you, which is what stand-ups have. Yeah, you so, get me. So it's, yeah, so to admit that feels narcissistic yeah. in a way, to be like, I want to do something. Like stand-up scares the shit out of well, me. Well, the it's idea of terrifying. being like, people want to listen to you talk for an hour right, right, at right. them. It's like just a really long voicemail. Yeah, yeah. Here's my voice message. And you know, after you. like 30 seconds, you're like, this is boring. Yeah. No one likes this. But I do think in the comedy community, I had a couple people be like, okay, if you want to do this, people are going to put you on their shows just because you have a following. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do well, everyone's going to know and they're going to talk shit that people just put you on because you're following. If you want to do this, you have to like bomb in bars yeah. and small open mics and that kind of stuff. If you want to do it, let's do it. And I have some people in the community who kind of took me under their wing. Again, collaborative. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like that's why I've had so many people reach out, like how to get involved. I'm like, we need more women, obviously, in (laughs) stand-up. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest reasons why now I realize women are in stand-up is the lifestyle so not conducive for a woman. Mm -mm. Like I'll, right now I'm not getting the best spots in New York. So I'll have like a midnight show in Brooklyn. Yeah. And I can't say no to it, but do I, as a single girl, want to go all the way to a random bar in Brooklyn yeah. just full of random men? Yeah. And then, like, show and have people laugh at me and then leave? Like, it's yeah. a tough lifestyle alone. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, the actual practical sense side of, like, trying to hustle yeah. is difficult. Difficult. So, I, but I've been putting in that grind. I think that's what has given me the confidence. And mm-hmm. you, I, you have to put respect to the art that you're doing. But also, they're respecting that the art is changing. Yeah. Like these same comics are the ones who were like, can you help me, you know, put together a video clip of my set? Right. Or, or, you know, I should tweet more. You're right. Like comics starting to post their tweets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're both realizing like we need each other. Yeah. There's a mutual crossing over that's exactly. happening. Well, that's great. I do think there's still that like old, you know, like white man perspective that's like comedy is just like a dude saying like racist sexist jokes on stage and like they will die out soon Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just it's cool seeing comedy evolve in so many ways like you understand oh totally the um it's also it must be fascinating to the kind of audiences that are coming to your shows because I there does feel like a difference between like people that go to comedy shows mm-hmm. and know like what it is mm-hmm. and then reality TV fans that come and enjoy you as you. That's another thing. So I'm like, well, this is all the shit talking that happens. But <laughs> some comics will be like. As in, like, your crowd isn't a comedy crowd. Right. It's like, just a bunch of Ramona idea. singers drinking white yeah. wine, having a great night. What was amazing <laughs> is I played Dynasty Typewriter last night. Oh, yeah. And Pete Lee messaged me, uh-huh. who is an incredible, one of my favorite comics. And he was just like, hey, can I do a guest spot? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so honored. Yes, 100%. And he finished and he looked at me and he goes, great crowd. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I love my people. He, he's a real comic. And he, because also people who like me don't just like me for somewhere else. And I think yeah. for women, men trying to be successful is I'm trying to have a variety of different like streams of income coming mm-hmm. in where like summer house ends tomorrow, which it could. Instagram goes down tomorrow. Right. You have different opportunities for That's yourself. the best way to think about it is just keep all the pots on the stove going. Yeah. See yeah. what happens. It's I'm one a terrible the cook, but yeah. I'm trying. Don't burn the water. <laughs> have you had a uh, memorable fangirl moment from meeting any of the other Bravo reality stars? Great question. Because um, we had uh, Nini Leaks on a few months ago, and it was, I still can't believe it happened. And just her walking in was just like, oh my God, you we don't have to record. You can just sit and look wonderful. Was it and a fun conversation? It was great. She yeah. was just like very exactly what I imagined her to be. Well, that, that's why like when you interview actors, you're like, wait, you're you're not even British? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you are, you're British? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But reality TV people, I feel like they're pretty the same. Yeah. BravoCon, 
oh yeah, what's that like? I've never been. It's I'm fascinated. The, it was one by time. It. I highly recommend you go. Okay. It's wild. They did a it's great just a job. Massive convention. A massive convention around the Bravo and franchise. all the top Bravo celebrities are just like roaming around. It's like going to like <laughs> Africa and seeing just like <laughs> a gorgeous. Yeah, it's a safari. So I I get there. They had our first thing was like a late night thing because Summer House isn't like the most respected show yet. Right. It's, I feel like you guys and Below Deck they sort of like keep on hand as yeah. the housewives like the are housewives in the forefront. Do their thing. Vanderpump is like always amazing, and I feel like Summer House is getting there. Yeah. And this last season is so epic. Oh, cool. Just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. Um, but I I walk in. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I might see someone, and. Just Lisa Vanderpump <gasps> holding Jiggy. What? And Ken oh. just standing there. The first people. And I turned to some most people. I'm like, it's Lisa. They're like, we can see. We can see. We're here. We can see. And she's just as glamorous as ever. Jiggy is as adorable as you think. Oh, my Did God. Did not have the balls to speak to her. I would be too scared. I would, I would be too scared. I was too scared. Um, I also, I also, um, I was with Paige and we saw Reza. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Sunset, which I think is an amazing show. Uh-huh. And I was like, again, you're kind of scared because you've seen these people. Like, imagine if everyone has seen you in your weirdest moments. Oh, in the most vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you feel like you're friends with them yeah. and you know everything about them. But you're you're embarrassed to admit that you know everything yeah. about them. But they know that that's why they exist on TV yeah. is so that you know everything about them. But it's also a- you're not seeing them like doing well at brunch, feeling good. Like you're seeing them like <laughs> mental breakdown, Hannah. Yeah. It's a very different Hannah. Like, <laughs> or like hammered blackout Hannah. Yeah. So we see red. Reza at this news thing, we were doing press and he like, he, we kind of make eye contact. He walked by, he walks by us and we once on Summer House, people went out one night and we were literally watching Shaws of Sunset on our bed <laughs> while we're getting filmed by the camera, watching Bravo. It was so meta and wow. amazing. So we see him, we're like, oh my God. And then we like walk by him again and we're like, oh my God, we love him. And we're in our green room and we get a knock on the door and it's Reza. <gasps> and he goes, I just want you guys to know, Summer House is so good this season. And we're like, <laughs> we love you. We love you. And we're like, how can give us stuff? Because like, I, I'm from New York. Like, I don't care to make anyone comfortable. Like, I don't have yeah. to say that I said something to him. Yeah. But the fact he was so nice. And then it makes me be like, I can't wait for like a new show to come on. So you can have that moment. And with have that moment else. to be like, dude, we're all in it together. Yeah. Because it's so easy to be a dick. Yeah, I I I like the um the reality uh people that have the awareness and like the a little bit of the self-deprecation of knowing like what they are on TV and that I don't know, there's something very likable about that. I had a heart to heart with Sheena recently. Oh yeah. Cuz Sheena was like having a rough time at the beginning of the season like yeah. some dude said she was a bad kisser and then yes. she was really getting this like mean girl edit. Yeah. And I was like getting to know her and she went on my podcast and I was like, "Dude, you look like a bitch." <laughs> like <laughs> you're not that you look really mean. And she was just kind of complaining about, like, it's not cool that, you know, Dana gets her comedy show first episode mm-hmm. and Sheena, they don't show any of her stuff. And she's just like, I hate that they just show him boy crazy all the time, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, everyone's boy crazy. Like, yeah. do you realize how relatable you are? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you have to embrace that. And she she's now, like, creating this, like, boy crazy brand. Wow. And she's starting to be, like, self-aware. Like, you can't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Like, you have to realize that you are people's background entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. While they're living their life. Yeah, exactly. And you can't take yourself too seriously. Right. You have to monetize it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to put it on beanies. <laughs> yeah, that's why the housewives make original music when none of them in their lives should ever make original music. It's I mean, good the- as gold is iconic. It's great. It's- Sorry for yelling. I was very passionate about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Um, have you guys, I mean, there is, Lover Boy, I feel like, is the most tangible, like, you know, product offshoot of mm-hmm. the show. Are there any others? I really think the show <laughs> has, hopefully this season, my podcast burning in hell. Yeah. Um, you saw me think of it as an idea last season, do uh-huh. a little promo in this like red devil outfit. Yeah. It's like where I talk to people about their demons and it's like a dark comedy. And this season you get to see me, like I was interviewing Drake Bell, which was cool. wild. And strange. But so <laughs> random. <laughs> He's like publicist reached out and I was like, He's my childhood. <laughs> So, so I'd like yes. to I'd like to ruin my childhood. Yes, bring him in. I'd like to meet him. No, he's great. But you get to see that um cuz yeah, we don't have a tangible thing. I think Paige has been done a bunch of like fashion mm-hmm. um stuff and it's 
it's just it's hard yeah well it's okay difficult. well in the same the realm of tangible things yeah. i started to read stuff about like you talking to why there's so many packages delivered to the house <laughs> every week and i was like that is a good question why are there so many freaking packages yeah they're week? like legit questions the thing is these shows we actually are ugh, the worst part about summer house is we are so responsible for things yeah like we are responsible to like kind of pick what the party is going to be order any stuff we want oh, for the that's, party that's kind of refreshing to hear that it is they basically this, like, will be like uh this is a summer house yeah <laughs> you guys are actually it's a real we have to house. get the worst part is we have to like prepare the parties like we decorate the parties yeah if and then we have to clean up the fucking party. So you guys are actually hosting a summer house. And like, yeah, and I'm it's like, I didn't sign up for this shit. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, you did. You literally did. So the Amazon stuff is like, there'll be alcohol. The, some people do get like their own packages shipped there. Mm-hmm. We always have outfits that we need to get. Right. So we'll get it shipped there to gotcha. make sure it's there. And every... Yeah, we always have stuff. That makes sense because it does seem like without it being mentioned, it just kind of is always there and it's presented like everyone knows. We also get Fresh Direct. Amanda orders it. One weekend, like she accidentally ordered it late and we didn't get it sent. Uh We literally ate like turkey and jello shots the whole time. (laughs) So like we need that food. That's when people are like, what is that? I'm like, it's actually like way realer than you thought. Yeah, this is like our our supplies for the weekend. 100% is what we need. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're gonna take one last break. When we get back, we have a bunch of Twitter questions for you. Uh, So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, we're back, and we're going to get into these Twitter questions. Before we do, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Oh, my gosh. They always ask who you love the most, and now I'm like, who do I hate? Uh, Yeah, it's your choice. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, cold spaghetti is actually pretty good. It really so it, enhances the flavor. Yeah, it could be a good thing. It could be someone you look up to. Oh, this is wild. Um, I would like to throw cold spaghetti at you know I. I want to fuck with Chelsea Handler. Oh, yeah. Because she is like <laughs> my inspiration. I actually taught tennis to her once. Whoa. I've read all her books and I literally don't read books. Yeah. And she... Um, I feel like she gave me my inspiration for like that you could be like mean to dudes and mm-hmm. it's hysterical. <laughs> so I'd love for us to be like mean to each other and like see who could outbitch each other and make each other laugh. I could see a, a hangout session of just like a ping pong back and forth of spaghetti being thrown yeah, just, and just conversation being had. And that's like she's from New Jersey and I think that's how you mm-hmm. show affection is being mean to each other. Yeah. I literally you'll see two people from the East Coast having a conversation. It sounds like they're arguing when they're just like agreeing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's tone you're just like I don't know you're right about that and I think this too yeah it's a very like out yesing each other (laughs) out supporting each other it's very aggressive Uh, yeah aggressive overall um, so yeah I think that's my answer that's a great answer okay the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or close call but Mm -hmm. you can only use three words or small phrases (laughs) so mine is college jogging front lawn (laughs) yeah Great time. Just starting with college, I knew it was going to be messy. Yeah. Um, mine is <laughs> New York City Bodega. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, risky fart. Yeah. <laughs> Ruined leggings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leggings. Oh, no. I know. I, I the, the only... The okay thing is that I feel like oh, bodegas have seen so much crazy shit. I was the classiest one in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you were thriving, actually. I was Kim Kardashian in there. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I miss New York. No, I don't. Uh, okay, let's get into some Twitter questions. Uh, someone's know how is Butter? Butter, I actually have a necklace. This is your cat? Butter's my cat. Uh, Do you have a cat? I have a dog. You have a dog? Okay. Yeah. But Butter's a great name for a cat. I love food names or like real um, human names like Jennifer or something. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, Yeah, Steven. Uh (laughs) But yeah, Butter's great. She's a cat who was actually found in a dumpster in the Bronx. Oh, no. And my friend took her in to foster her. But my friend wasn't really a cat person and didn't know how to get her out from under the bed. They called me and I worked my cat whispering magic. And then like... (laughs) 
animals pick you. I really think yeah. they, they pick you. And she picked me and I had to tell my roommates, I don't give a fuck if you're allergic <laughs> or whatever. She chose me. Wow. Yeah, so that's, that's a better story. And so how long have you had her? I've had her for a little over a year. And this is this trip has been hard without her. You know when you're like having the memes, like you're having fun with your friends and yeah. you realize your pet's home alone. Yeah. I've had like a couple of those. Of those where, moments? Yeah, you're like smiling and then it turns into a little like. Uh. Uh, yeah, it all sets in. Yeah. Have you ventured into the world of like the pet cams? Oh my gosh, I'm not there yet. Because okay. actually, I think I'd get upset and miss them more. Yeah, I think— And dogs, I think, need it a little more than cats. I feel like cats would be a little bit more elusive and that you wouldn't probably get your money's worth of even getting them on camera. Yeah, like you don't even—I get. A, I don't even have a cat sitter. I have someone who literally just goes in, changes their litter, and puts food in because she's like, yeah. don't be here. There's they, a joke. People are like, your, your cat, when you think she's gone, you're gone, and she's like all sad. And it's like, actually, your cat, and she's just rolling around, living her best <laughs> fucking life. That's why cats are fascinating to me <laughs> because they're so self-sufficient. And I'm like, how do we even like consider them pets? It's crazy. Well, there's this crazy bond where they say, I know a lot about cats. They say <laughs> that, I actually like 30 minutes of cat jokes. But they say that cats are like, the, they're not domesticated just since like the Egyptian times, they uh -huh. just always hung around humans. Mm. And there's this weird, like, they they need us and love us. It's a weird, it's hard to explain the connection, but they also kind of train us. Like oh. we train dogs, they kind of train us. They're yeah. like, you're my human now, and this is what I need. I feel like they have an understanding that they were seen as gods and goddesses yeah. and that that's how they are meant to be treated. And there are there's these like, little tigers in your apartment. Right. And they accept nothing less than like the optimum treatment. Yeah. The best the is like you'll, whenever you go to do work and you pull out anything, they're like, this is where I'm going to lie. Yeah, this is. Right. And then they're chosen. so cute when they do it and you're like, okay, I'll let you. Or if my cat falls asleep on my pillow, I'm like, I guess I'm sleeping under the pillow now. Yeah, yeah I'll sleep on the couch, I guess. I joke that I think that cats just have terrible PR <laughs> like the dogs have like Marley and me yeah Airba the duck uh, play basketball yeah. the puppy bowl and like cats have the cat movie that lost millions of dollars in the box oh, office yeah mm -hmm. and a reviewer said the movie ruined his life so yeah. like that's what I'm dealing with right now <laughs> yeah I love cats oh butter <laughs> um Someone wants to know, have you ever given or been given a wedgie I feel like this has been on the show I feel like I have a wedgie all the time. <laughs> I wear granny panties because I hate wedgies that much. Really? Yeah, like full ass. Not like little boy shorts. They're uh -huh. just like a constant wedgie and I hate it. <laughs> have you, <laughs> do you guys on the show have any like unspoken or spoken rules of boundaries that like we're going to make sure none of us do this on camera? I think, well, there is the boundary of like, do you want 40 producers to see your tits or not? Right, right, So it's right. like a lot of us change in the closet or the bathroom. Right, right. Which is weird to, like, I'll go home and, like, do that in my own house. And I'm like, oh, my God, the cameras aren't here. I'm so right, stupid. Right, because you guys have cameras in your bedroom, like, yeah. pointed at the so beds. There's, it's all you're always being seen. And right. you're always being listened to. Yeah. I get it because you always have a, a mic on you. So, I'll, like, go to take a poop. And I'm like, is everyone listening to my poop? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I had too much dairy today, you guys. It's not a good day. <laughs> Cut my mic. Yeah. Have you, is there anything that you are thankful hasn't made the show or anything that you're like, I didn't even know that that had happened? Well, I was doing interviews where they basically will say like, this happened. What's your opinion on right. it? And they were like, so you were FaceTiming Armand, you hung up and then you flashed your boob at Luke. Oh, yeah. In the hot tub. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh God! See, that would be my worst nightmare. I like, as I thought about it, it was like a blip. You know right. those memories that are like a blip. Yeah. I didn't think twice about it. I covered right. my nipple. I was like, Meh. and I was like, was it really after? Right after Armand, they were like, yep. And I was like, are you sure? And they were like, a hundred percent. I roll the tape. <laughs> you have to talk about it. I do think. Yeah. There's. I also. I like to jump in the pool during parties. Yeah. It's so funny. They treat us like little. Like, but you have a mic kids on, on, right? Exactly. So in summer camp, yeah, they treat us like at summer camp because <laughs> season one, I was like fireball and just ran and jumped in <laughs> and with a mic on. Uh -huh. The sound guy didn't talk to me for like six months. Was <gasps> oh. so mad. It's like five thousand dollar mics. Oh shit! Yeah. So <laughs> so now they're like Hannah. 
And I'm like, you're hammered up. I'm like, what? And they're like, if you want to go in the pool, you have to take your mic off. We'll take it off. And I go, I want to go in the pool. And they're like, okay, we'll take your mic off. And I'm like, okay. And then I like jump in the pool. And then my makeup is everywhere. And of course, that's when like someone important starts talking to me. Like right. Luke comes to the hot tub when I'm just peeing, sitting in my own pee in a hot tub, trying to enjoy myself. And he's like, hey, how do you feel about Armand? And I'm like cross-eyed with mascara everywhere. Like the beginning of the party, I put effort. And then by the end, you're like, who is that? But that's, at least you know that they, for continuity, can't edit yeah. things in because they will slowly watch it's a the totally deterioration. different person. Yeah. yeah, by the end of the party, you're like, is she okay? Yeah, should we step <laughs> or in? Paige was like crying to me at one of the parties. Yeah. And I'm standing there with my makeup just all fucked up and my eyes are kind of crossed. You know when you're trying to focus, like oh, you're really God. drunk and you can tell it's important? Yeah. And I had this like dumb, drunk, like kind of smile, like trying to <laughs> be okay. And someone's like, why is Hannah smiling while Paige is crying? I'm like, because I'm literally trying to be conscious. <laughs> I'm trying to stay standing yeah. the whole time. And I know that I have a secret in my head of <laughs> I'm really distracted by my own drunkenness. <laughs> If you guys were in here, you'd be smiling too right now. Uh, someone to know, if you had one superpower but could only use it one time in your life, what would it be? It would, oh my God, this is so a tough one. Yeah, this is like, I'm going to go too deep, but it would be like to clear up a trauma. Oh, yeah, that's a great like idea. Like imagine if you could be like, oh, that time has like really affected me and I want to like. If I could just take that out of my timeline. I want to purify it. I yeah. want it to like be Well, good. that's, I mean, because that's kind of why you started your podcast, right? Yeah. And it's to talk about like people's anxieties and fears and demons and that sort of thing. Has that been really helpful for you in the it's last year? It's been so helpful. I started it because I was meeting all these people who I looked up to yeah. and was actually talking to them. And realizing that they're so fucked up. Like these people, like it's, I also, I used to think like, is LeBron James happier than everyone else? <laughs> yeah. Is that and why like, he's so successful? Yeah. I'm like, that's not really, like, is that fair that there's people like who are so successful and so much happier than everyone? Then I realized I didn't comprehend that like that stuff has nothing to do with happiness. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to take people who we look up to and be like, what is your biggest physical insecurity? What keeps yeah. you up at night? And I realized we are all the same. Yeah, It's A, how you cope with it. Or B, some people are so successful because they have literal bad issues and it's the only thing that keeps them like I mean motivated let's talk about Bravo yeah I mean some people are it's so enabling it's a bad behavior yeah but I have realized just how people are so similar and it's I got to talk to people and and have those close talks that I always want to ask someone but it yeah. would be weird but because I, it's the theme of my podcast it's right. like cool that it's yeah it's okay it's a safe space to have that yeah kind of like imagine finding like the most beautiful woman in the world and you're like what are you physically insecure about it'd be so <laughs> fucking weird <laughs> yeah. i had ashley Hesletine who's on girls gotta eat she's uh -huh. hysterical and she was like are you gonna pull out a marker and start circling my fat and i was like <laughs> it just gets like really yeah intense. but um it's been a really cool experience that's awesome who's like a dream guest for you on that I do. Th I would like to have Amy Schumer. Oh yeah, that'd and be great. And Chelsea, I love my some Chelsea. I think Amy like grew up in in the same like New York City comedy mm -hmm. area, and I know a lot about her. But I've I've met her like once or twice, but in a in a quick way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be cool. I'd love to listen to that. Yeah. Um, what's it like to be Bernie Sanders? So many people <laughs> are asking this question. <laughs> to be Bernie. To be Bernie. Yeah, it's um, I'm. The presidency has been going well. People say I look old, which is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I keep saying stop focusing on the superficial parts. Uh, someone's no favorite career memory. Oh, okay. This is going to be wild, but my favorite career memory is getting fired from Betches. Really? Yeah. I think it's the best thing that happened to me ever. Why'd you get fired if you can talk about it? I think I got fired it? because I, it was a place... I was like the seventh hire. I'd build the video team there. I love my is, job. I'm not super familiar with Betches. It's, it's like, like a, a media company. Okay. They have like, they've written books. They have a website. It started with a like blog. Yeah. They have a very popular Instagram. They're creating videos and it was right. so fun. But then like Summer House came. I realized I wanted my own podcast. That was my own voice. Mm -hmm. And they kind of were like, you're distracted. Mm. And I do think that like I was working really hard, but they kind of. 
I, I like hit a glass ceiling there and yeah. I would have never quit because I really loved my job. Mm-hmm. But they were basically like, this isn't a good fit anymore. Hmm. And then the second that door closed, I saw all these other doors opening where like I would have never been hmm. doing stand up. I would have never met the people I've met. So cool. Being fired is fucking awesome. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes a true blessing. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm like get fired people. <laughs> yeah. It's like looking back and uh, when you've been broken up with and hating it at the moment, but then yeah. realizing like that was very helpful. You're like whoever did that up there, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, speaking to that, someone's know, do you often think about changing careers or do you think the one you have now is set? I think that nothing is ever set. Mm-hmm. And I think because every you're evolving, the media is evolving, but Changing careers is like I was in sales and marketing and I fucking hated it. Yeah. Oof. And yeah, and I I quit because I was just like, I I don't care how much money I'm making, I'd rather be happy. And I just thought, whenever I feel disconnected, I'm like, what did Hannah like doing as a kid? Like who's your Mm, inner child? Yeah. And I was always silly, always creative. And I I hope that I change and have new I even joke like I hope when I'm old I'm like painting on a farm with like tons of cats and animals like, <laughs> yeah. that's what I want. really still staying true to your child self. yeah like I don't want to be doing traveling doing stand-up forever yeah. like at some point I want to settle down on a farm that's great thank you those are great goals <laughs> just watercolor and sell it on whatever the new social media is yeah whatever the TikTok evolution becomes <laughs> I don't know it stresses me out yeah um well what is what's next are you do you guys know if you you do a season then we don't know season? if we're renewed yet okay i do think like people like you supporting is so huge because yeah. it's it's one of those shows it's actually the only bravo show the last five years that's been renewed because it's really difficult with like competing with netflix and amazon right. hbo like vanderpump a while ago didn't have that competition right 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 so we're really fighting to like be seen but i and i do think the show took a while to get its, its legs yeah its legs it's also unique because it is so seasonally based yeah. you know you can't just pick up a production team and shoot it whenever you want 100%. like you really have to be over the course of the summer in my heart of hearts i think they're definitely going to give us another season i don't mm. jinx it Knock but um we'd start filming in the summer obviously and you're always exciting. Welcome to the Summer House Party if you want to make bad decisions. I I would love to drop by for one second, <laughs> clock all the cameras in all the corners, and then call a quick Uber and Irish goodbye, everyone. <laughs> that sounds like me at most parties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do you have going on for people that do not know? Oh, yeah. So HannahBurn.com, I have my stand-up. Nice. So I'm going to be in Texas. I'm going to be in New Jersey, Connecticut. Wisconsin, Florida. Sweet. And they can find all the information on your socials. On my social at Being Burns. And listen to me on Burning in Hell. Yeah. Me, on my, my podcast. And I'd love to have you on Open Le- Invitation ever. I would love to. Next time you're in the city, hit me up. Will do. Okay, before you go, every guest that makes time for us gets a personalized fortune cookie. Oh my God. you're from s- us to you. This is... <sighs> So you like can New York comedians it. would never. Oh my god! No, it's in there. Don't worry. Uh, you didn't get it. I thought I got an empty egg. I thought it, I was like, we does just, this mean I die? We just love to neg everyone before they leave. <laughs> leave them feeling so oh unwanted. God, like, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> if you follow the ways of Marie Kondo, we believe you could easily fit in a. BDSM dungeon, <laughs> easily fed a BDSM dungeon in New York City apartment. Believe in yourselves, just fold more. Yeah. You guys are amazing. I like we tried to help. That was hysterical. We're here to help. Um, thank you for making time and being here. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to watch the rest of the season. Everyone out there, go listen to the podcast. Go check out, uh, check you out live wherever they can. Yeah. Go on the socials, see all of it. And I can't wait to see how many more mullets get worn throughout the rest <laughs> of the season. That seems like a viable product that could be made. Did you say I put it in my bathing yes. suit? Yes. Yeah. And then he wore it after he didn't know. It was so funny. That's, I mean, that's... I don't know how that didn't make the cut, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time on Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. It was Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. (laughs) 